0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 12 College Football Preview and Best Bets show presented by the Betting Predators. I am Dalton Brown at Dalton on Sports on X, joined as always by Klee Picks at Clee Picks on X. Uh, Klee is our college football guru. He's got his top 25. He's got his totals every week. Um, he has been on fire all season, and uh, we are excited to
1: you know talk some college football, go through a bunch of games today, a couple best bets. Clee, how are we doing? It's uh, hard to, I'm good, first off, to answer your question. But most importantly, it's hard to believe we're already uh, one week away from, you know, Thanksgiving weekend and rivalry weekend and two weeks away from championship weekend. So, this season's flown. Um, You know, we have futures cashing left and right right now with, you know, win totals and, you know, Toledo winning the West. That was a big one for me. So, um, yeah, it's hard to believe. Shout out Jimbo Fisher for getting fired and making $76 million in doing so um and you know the the you know black the what do you call the the red slips or whatever the fired papers are coming through left and right right now um we'll see what happens
0: yeah no it's it's pretty insane man i i I wish that when i got fired from a job i got paid like that did you
1: see Um, what happened in halftime sorry before we start here dalton with that game no so, some booster donated like a hundred and sixty million or something like that to Texas A&M's athletic department, and was like presented the check at halftime,
0: and like they made yeah, and they're like okay, they like yeah, yeah. I was
1: like, I, what I like everything I'm thinking is like this person is the single reason why Jimbo Fisher is not employed right now, uh, you know, at Texas A&M, but. Yeah, that's oil money is mean. different, baby. You know, that Texas oil money is different down there. And we'll, sure we'll see what happens. Hopefully your boy from Duke doesn't take the job. But, you know, we'll see with that. Yeah, I'm trying to not even think about that. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I, I watched
0: almost no college football this weekend, which uh, I, I never liked to be in that position. But um, I was at a wedding last minute in Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, fall weddings, just for the folks out there considering a fall wedding, don't plan one. Just don't do it. Uh, don't do that to your friends who care about college football, but, uh, to, to, talk a little bit about last weekend, you know, I know you and I were talking pre-show about some of the topics we wanted to hit on. And, and one that you brought up that I think is a really interesting one, a couple matchups from earlier in the season that were really, you know, hotly contested. We had, you know, Alabama falling at home to Texas. That was back, I think week two. And then uh, about a month ago now, Oregon falling on the road at Washington, um, you know, it's, it sounds like we think now that if, you know, if those two matchups happened again, now maybe they'd go the other way. I know in your rankings, you moved Oregon back up ahead of Washington. You moved Alabama ahead of Texas. Talk to me a little bit
1: about that. Yeah. I just think, you know, at this point in the season, Dalton, both of those teams are playing better than what they played at the start of the year. You know, I think if, if Texas played Alabama again, same scenario, same spot. Alabama would win. And if Oregon played Washington again, which we may get that matchup in two weeks, Oregon would win. Um, I think, you know, Alabama is playing better than Texas right now. Texas has struggled the last couple of weeks and now they don't have Brooks. The running back was maybe their best offensive player. Um, almost rushed for almost 1500 yards. He's done for the year with the 20 ACL. Quinn Ewers is back, but he really didn't look that great this week. And then you have the Washington situation where yes, they're undefeated, but um, their defense is, is just getting gashed. Um, that Utah offense is not good, and Utah did, you know, whatever they wanted to, especially in the, in the first half. And quite frankly, you know, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. I almost made my best bet this weekend uh, concerning that game with Oregon State and Washington. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, Oregon's playing better than Washington. It's been pretty cut dry for me. Uh, they looked great against, you know, USC this weekend. Uh, really, you know, and for me, the difference with Washington and, and Oregon is really the the line play, especially, where, um, you know, Oregon can get after them on the defensive line so much, and, and Washington just doesn't really have that. They have injuries on the defense, especially, and they're getting gashed right now, and, um, yeah, I just think Oregon, Oregon would, would, would beat them the second time around. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, but I just, I think the Ducks would have the advantage in two weeks, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with you there. I, 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 think that's kind of what we've seen. All, you know, both those teams were have continued to be impressive week in week out since then. Bo Nix now, obviously, uh, kind of in the catbird seat for Heisman, so we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, an, another team that uh, you know early in the season there were some doubts about just with them not looking a little bit lethargic. Uh, But the back-to-back national titles uh, at Georgia, they look now like they are very much primed to be, uh, um, you know, certainly in position to compete for a third. You know, Bulldogs this weekend, 52-17 over number nine Ole Miss. I don't think very many people saw Ole Miss going in there and winning, uh, but I also think there was a reasonable expectation that Ole Miss would probably score a little bit more than 17 points. Uh, Thankfully, we we did cash the over in that game, um, but – you know, I'm curious to get, get your thoughts there because it looks like the dogs are back to the dogs.
1: Yeah, I know. We're, we're really starting to see that form that, that led them to two national championships. The thing about this is, and I had this conversation on another show, um, same topic they asked me was, is this Georgia team, the Georgia team, of pass? And, and, and what I mean by my answer is, they don't have the Jalen Carters or the, the, the Deans or um, all those great players that they've had defensively they still got a lot of dudes out there, you know, like, you know, they still have guys that will be drafted in maybe the late first round, second round, third round. So when you have that culmination of, of talent and then offensively, yes, you get Brock Bowers back and yes, they have a, you know, enormous offensive line and, and Carson Beck's doing enough. You know, he's not turning over the football as much as he was. Um, I, I think, you know, yeah, it, it, Georgia's scary. I think truthfully, Um, You know, the college football playoff, you know, obviously put them at number one last night. One, two, and three, in my opinion, have kind of separated themselves. I I think, you know, and and this is no disrespect to Florida State, but, you know, Florida State yet again this week just kind of looked meh against, you know, a Miami team that had a true freshman quarterback, you know, starting. Um, I expected more out of them. And maybe they're just, you know, waiting and kind of bored, I guess, in a way waiting for Louisville in in, in the ACC championship game. But on the same front though, you know, you think back to the Duke game, you know, if, if, if the quarterback doesn't get hurt, who knows what happens there? Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to go all the way back to the Boston college game, but uh, they haven't really been tested since Clemson. And I think that's another thing where when they get to to the, if they get to the college football playoff, which I, I think they will, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they match up with and, will there be some time to adjust to everything? Because, you know, Ohio State's played, you know, Michigan at that point, or Michigan played Ohio State, whoever wins that. They played Penn State. Um, you know, Georgia had gone through, if they get through it, they, they would have gone through uh, Alabama at that point. And, uh, you know, obviously Ole Miss and Missouri, who who's continuing to surprise people. Florida State really hasn't gone through much lately, you know. Yes, they they schedule Dallas here at the start of year, which is you know benefit to them for not you know playing in Akron or a Central Michigan or something like that. But at this point in the year, we don't really know how good this Florida State team really is. And every time we see them come out, it's it's very just lethar- lethargic and you know they, they end up winning the game, but it's kind of just like you're asking for more. Pitt two weeks yeah. ago, another example of that. So um I just I just don't see that in them, like I see with Ohio state, Michigan and, and Georgia right now. Yeah. And, and speaking of one of those
0: top three teams, um, you know, Michigan was impressive in going on the road to Penn state winning 24, 15 um, a game that in a lot of ways felt similar to Ohio state's win over Penn state. It seemed at least in terms of like, you know, Penn state struggling to move the ball and just kind of squeezing the life out of them over the game went along uh, as the game went along. But um, you know, I know the big topic around Michigan right now is is still off the field. And, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh was suspended for that game. It remains to be seen, you know, how his appeals process goes on being suspended further. Uh, I know you've got some commentary on that, and I'm chomping at the bit to hear it from uh, from my Ohio State friend over here.
1: So I'm going to first touch on the game. Um, I, I know they fired Yordich, the, the OC, Penn State did. I said it during the game. That guy needs to be shot in the sun. They, uh, The offensive game plan for, for, for Penn State was pathetic. Um, Michigan had no respect for their offense. Obviously, they ran the ball as many times as they did in the row. And, I mean, it was working to a degree. But at the same time, the reason they were doing it is because they knew that Penn State couldn't score. And um, I feel bad for, for Drew Aller. Um, obviously, you know, he's a Northeast Ohio kid, so i kind of have a little bit more group interest in him, but they've done nothing to develop him the last year and a half, especially, um, last two years overall. Um, James Franklin keeps James Franklin himself just, you know, when is, when is Penn State going to wake up and see that this guy is not a national championship level coach? Okay, he may get you a Rose Bowl here and there, and a and a Fiesta Bowl or whatever, but at the same time, when you have two other schools in your conference, and especially lately with Michigan now being two, competing at the national level, competing in the college football playoff year after year after year, there comes a time where you have to realize that yes, this guy recruits well, but he should be at least beating one of the two, and let alone the one at home where you quite frankly, just got outplayed and outcoached by a by a offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. So, yeah, I was very disappointed in Penn State. I really was. And I'm not sure much will change in terms of James Franklin. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same year, you know, it's just, you know, next year when they play Ohio State, you know, fade Penn State. When they play Michigan, fade Penn State. And until I see it from him, I'm going to just continue to do it year after year. Now, as for the Michigan situation, Dalton, did you know that Jim Harbaugh died? No, I didn't hear that. Well, apparently with the way that Penn State was reacting after the game with the with the blubbering and the crying and the post-game press conferences and this, that, look, you cheated. You got caught. And you know what? There's a part of me – and I'm gonna put on the fanalist hat here, not the analyst hat. With all they've said and this whole victim card they're using right now, and oh no, Desmond Howard, it's so unfair. And where's the due process? Where's the due process? A couple years ago, when you're asking for Trestle to be fired, where was the due process during 2020 when you're trying to say Nebraska no longer needs to be in the conference? Charles Woodson's crying on air. You have the OC crying in the post game. I hope to God that Ohio State kicks their ass in two weeks. I hope so. I am sick and tired of just the crying and the, we're we're America's team. And, and, you know, I'm tired of it. I I am. Look, you haven't won a national title since 1948. You have barely even scratched the surface right now of being a national relevance of, of top tier teams year after year. Yes, you've had two good years, and congratulations. That's been a great job. But last time I checked, you haven't won a BCS or or New York Six Bowl since 2011. So, yes, you've won the Wentz-Ohio State the last two years, but that doesn't erase the fact that we kicked your ass for the last 20. So, look, I, I understand the players being upset that their head coach gets suspended. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me he didn't know anything. That the OC and the DC didn't know anything. That the FBI being involved right now, they're not making this up, Dalton. Like, (laughs) you can't tell me the NCAA doesn't have evidence and whatever happens after the season will happen. And I don't think it will be kind to Michigan and their program while Jim Harbaugh is going out to Vegas or with the Chicago Bears. So... Yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this whole victim card. You cheated, you got caught, and you know what? You got to face the consequences for it. That's my rant. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's difficult for me to disagree with very much of it. Um, you know, I obviously they are do some sort of process, but not necessarily in the court of public opinion. You know, like they're they do they're due process in a court of law, but um, you know, I, I think at this point. It, it is getting a little old. Um, I'm a little tired of, of hearing, um, the, the, the whining and moaning about it. Cause every, every Michigan alum that, that ends up on screen, you know, makes it their mission to defend it in a way that I think is, is a little bit excessive. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not in, I don't have the vitriol for it. You do. Cause I'm, I'm just not as involved in the rivalry, but I certainly hear you. Um, so jump, jumping into the games for this week. as always, we start and end with one of Cle's with, with two of Klee's best bets. Uh, so we've got one off the top, one on the bottom. Um, lot of a uh, lot of ranked on ranked matchups this week actually. we've got four of them to talk about. Uh, you know overall we're gonna run through about seven games. Uh, first game I the first game that we're gonna touch on this is Clee's first first best bet of the day. It's also the only game we'll talk about with no ranked teams. That's gonna be SMU laying eight and a half, the Mustangs are, on the road at Memphis, over under 66. This game's going to be at noon on ESPN2. <clears throat>
1: what do you have here between the Mustangs and Tigers? Yeah, I really like the total here, Dalton. Um, over 66 is, is what we have right now in DraftKings. Um, that number seems to be fluctuating between 65 and a half and 66 and a half. So just, you know, shop around your numbers. Um, I really like this total. Number one, at Memphis has a terrible defense. Uh, we've seen it time and time again, um, you know. But at the same time, though, uh, SMU can score it, and uh, you know, the last couple of weeks for SMU have been great offensively, scoring thirty-six or more in the last four. Um, the totals at Memphis have gone over uh, four. They're four and one at home to the over, seven and two overall this season to the over as well. So I think we get a lot of points here. I think um, SMU again can score it will and. You know what's not being talked about enough with SMU is their defense being able to um, create points as well for them. They they did that a lot when they played Tulsa a couple of weeks ago when they scored fifty something plus in the first half. Um, Memphis has been prone to turnovers, so I think we can get some here, and SMU can you know flip the field and, and get short fields for their offense. Um, I've been tailing SMU over the last couple of weeks; have been pretty pretty profitable for me, and I think we get another one here against Memphis on on Saturday afternoon. Good stuff. I will be joining you there.
0: Jumping into the rest of the slate, uh, we've got a lot of ranked matchups here uh, and a few that only have one ranked team, but some really exciting games. Um, staying in the noon slot, we're going to jump to Coral Gables. Uh, well, actually, this game is being played up in uh, up at Hard Rock Stadium, but uh, number 10 Louisville, one-point favorites on the road at Miami, over under 46.5 here. Uh, this game is at noon on ABC. I'm not going to lie. I was surprised to see Louisville only laying one. I think Louisville might be the side here, but I'm curious to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I thought the same thing as you. When I saw the number being one, I thought that was um, very interesting. I put it that way. Uh, I think Louisville is the better team here. I thought they didn't play their best last week against Virginia. Um, Maybe looking ahead to Miami. Uh, And, you know, Miami's got a lot of injury issues right now. We don't know. It's probably going to be Van Dyke at quarterback. Uh, he hasn't scored a throw a touchdown in over a month. Um, so yeah, give me the better run game here. Also at Louisville, I think they, they, they pounded on him. Um And you know, if you don't like taking the one, just take the money line. I think it's like minus minus one twenty or something like that. Um, yeah. I think Louisville wins the game though.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think one of the factors in last week's game, you know, I was just thinking about the spot for Louisville that they were in against Virginia and, Obviously, the Cavaliers have not been a very competitive team, but you look at what Louisville had kind of been through recently, right? Um, it's not a tough schedule overall, but it was a weird stretch. You know, they, they host Notre Dame. They win that huge one. They go to pit and they're flat, and they lose. Then you come home for three in a row. Well, they were clearly up for that Duke game. They were clearly able to stay up for that Virginia Tech game. But now you've been home for two weeks, and you're working on short rest with a Thursday night game against lowly Virginia. To me, a little bit of a sleepwalking performance is not that surprising there. and is also possibly exactly what they need with now 10 days to prep before they head down to Miami. Miami, obviously, coming off the Florida State game, that's always a very emotional game for them. Um, so, to me, I think Louisville's also in a pretty decent spot here. Um, this line has been kind of flipping back and forth I know it's at some places right now Hickam or maybe Miami to, to lay a point so um I, I like over here shot for a good number and I, I it sounds like Clee agrees um far from like the most confident play of the night but uh you know that's that's kind of it sounds like where we leave I,
1: there I posed this question the other day and Don I just want your impact on it, your input is there any difference between Mario Cristobal and James Franklin I mean they're the I same mean- exact coach yeah, I, I think James Franklin has better talent, so he doesn't quite get the negative pub of Cristobal, but I, I think you're right. I mean, they both recruit at a, at a semi-high level, um, but they can't coach a big game to save their lives. I mean, that's just the facts of it, and they underperform when you even perform the most. So, yeah, I, I I was thinking about that the other night while I was watching UFC. I was like, Cristobal and Franklin are, are kind of the same people, just one One's maybe gonna get fired at Miami and the other one's sitting comfortably at a top ten paying job at Penn State. So Yeah. Well, and and you know, another note on
0: the on on the spot for Louisville too, right? This is their last road game of the year. After this, they come home and they play Kentucky. If if they win those two games, they're eleven and one. And if you think that the talk around that program is not, we're eleven and one, if we can win three more games, we're making the playoff. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying inside that locker room, that's what they're telling themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think they can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I, I think we're going to get a really focused Louisville team. Just that's kind of my, my other comment there. There's
1: not also, you, you touched on the spot for Miami last week was their Super Bowl too. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be real here. Um, there's nothing else, nothing else to play for at this point in the season. There's going to be about 10 people there at hard rock and nine of them are going to be Louisville fans. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm there with you more and more, I think, about it. All right, good stuff. Next game down. This is a, an early
0: start time out West, 2.30 p.m. On, on Pac-12 Network, number 18 Utah at number 21 Arizona. Arizona, a one-point favorite here. Um, I'll tell you right now, I love the Wildcats. I love everything they've been doing recently. Um, that's going to be my side here. It always was going to be my side here.
1: I'm wondering if you agree or if you're going to uh, kind of buck me here. What do you got? Bear down, baby. I'm right there with you. I love Arizona. I've been riding them the last couple of weeks, especially, um, you know, two weeks ago when they're at UCLA with UCLA in town, I kind of see the same spot here, ranked opponent. Yet, you know, they've been playing extremely well. And, uh, you know, truthfully, I think they're going to be kicking themselves for not winning. I said last week where <laughs> I think they're kicking themselves for not winning that, that USC game a couple of weeks ago. Um uh, they, they're going to have to hope for some, some things to happen for them to make the Pac-12 championship. But on the same front though, I mean, it's been a heck of a year for them and the complete turnaround that program, the injuries that they've had, and they haven't blinked at all. Um, yeah. I think they get the job done here. Utah's offense plays right in the strength of Arizona, which is their run defense. And they're, they're so good. Uh, physical on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I like Arizona here. They get the job done against Utah team coming off of a, I guess their, their last stand of the season at Washington.
0: Yeah. And I think especially, you know, Arizona is a game that holds a higher profile now for Utah than let's say it did a while back, but kind of like, kind of like we talked about for Miami, right? I mean, Utah, you just saw Washington, like you said, but even before then two weeks before that, they hosted Oregon week before that they played at USC, right? This team has, this team's played quite a few um, emotional, emotionally high spots, in the last month or so, um, you know, heading down to Tucson for a, a you know twelve thirty local time game, I'm just not sure they're going to be ready for. It. In Arizona right now, um, <clears throat> you know, they're they're a freight train. And honestly, Noah Fafita ever since he took over, he's been phenomenal. Um, I th- I think they've been better with him than they were with Delora, which is saying something because Laura is pretty pretty good player. Uh, good, yeah. So, all right, bear down, Arizona. Next game down, This uh, one of the biggest games of the day. Should be a really fun one. Uh, number one, Georgia. Now number one, Georgia. Uh, laying 10.5 on the road at number 13, Tennessee. Over under 58.5 here. Um, <clears throat> if last week wasn't a look-ahead spot for Tennessee getting blown out at Mizzou, I don't know what was. Um, and I guess we're going to find out here if, if the look-ahead was worth it. Uh, Double-digit dogs at home here for the Volunteers. What, what do you think on
1: this one? You know, I think Tennessee is going to try to make this game competitive through, I think, three quarters. But what concerns me is their offensive line play. I think they, uh, you know, were very they, – they, they got torn apart, uh, you know, in a, in a win, game they won against Texas AM, But a had a lot of success rushing the passer against them. Um, second half for Alabama game, Alabama had a lot of success against them. So I think Georgia has the same thing here. I think, again, I think it's close early on, but I, I see you know Georgia pulling away in the second half here um, and covering the 10.5. So I like Georgia a minus 10.5 in this one, and they keep on moving on.
0: Sounds good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I personally don't have a ton of a feel for this game. Um, there's part of me that just cringes at laying 10.5 in a game of the year spot at Neyland um you know i, I just it, it that's such a tough place to go in there and, and cover a number like this but i also am really struggling to like this this is a tennessee team that just gave up 530 yards to mizzou um this georgia offense has gotten a lot better as season goes along and you know let's say georgia goes in there and puts 42 points on them can tennessee get into the 30s i don't i don't know that they can i don't know and
1: uh, now with the quarterback play right now i mean, yeah. That's their issue. I think Milton's decent, but he's not great. His needs his deep ball struggles. Um, yeah, I just don't see it. All right. Heading out to the Big 12, uh, the Sunflower
0: Showdown. Uh, Kansas State heads from Manhattan to Lawrence, number 25 Kansas State at number 16 Kansas. Wildcats on the road, eight-and-a-half-point favorites here. They have been taking money, and that number has been moving upward. Uh, over under 56 and a half here. a um, lot of people on on Kansas State here <sighs> there's there's a little voice in the back of my head that really wants to take the points with the Jayhawks. Uh, but numbers, you know the, the way this number's moving is scaring me a little bit. Talk some sense into me.
1: No, I like Kansas State here. I think Will Howard's the better quarterback. who knows who's gonna play this week. Um, Bean got hurt during that uh, first half of the of the Texas Tech game on Saturday. So, um, and that loss for them. So I, I I'm not sold on the backup that came in. Um, the name slipped in my mind. And I apologize for that. But this didn't look great. They try to run the ball and that kind of plays right in the hands of Kansas State's strength defensively. Um, I think Kansas State wins this game. I think they win it pretty handily, truthfully, in Lawrence and uh keep their big twelve hopes alive for their the title game.
0: Yeah, and and a note on this one, too. I mean, just looking at the last four years of this rivalry, and obviously, you know, Kansas has as a program been getting better under Lance Leapold, but um, still, even last season, 47-27 K-State, 35-10 before that, 55-14 before that, 38-10 before that. um, This has just been a series of beatdowns year in and year out. So, um, you know, there's there's somewhat of an element of Ohio State and Maryland to it when we talked about that one. A few a few weeks back, um, so it, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to go against you there. And certainly seems like uh, you know the the smarter money is laying the lumber in that game. So
1: I got to look up who the quarterback is real quick. because This bothering me. <laughs> uh, go on, anyway, no, I'll figure that for you. Anyway, oh, it's yeah, Chris so- Ballard, the GM uh, of the Colts. Son, that's what it was. That was why. Oh, about okay. About yeah, as I knew there was a reason why I was like, "There's a reason why I know who this is." Yeah, Ballard. It's it's uh, Chris Ballard's son, who's yeah, now right. starting quarterback. We don't know what the status is for being in this either, but the line tells you that it's going to be Ballard. So, yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, next game, another big one in the Pac-12. I know for a fact that we are on the same side here already. Uh, number five, Washington, heading on the road, trying to stay undefeated at number 12, Oregon State. Um, this is the dreaded night game at Reiser Stadium for Washington <laughs> over under 63 and a half. Beavers laying two and a half. That number has been steadily climbing. Um, I am going to be hammering the Beavs at any number here under three. Uh, I think this is this is the spot for them uh, at home. I think their run game is going to tear up Washington. Um, and I think I think what we're going to see on the other side, Washington's not going to be able to run the ball the way they did against USC all day long. Um, and I think that, you know, Oregon State secondary is just going to drop back and, and try to contain, and I think it'll be enough. That's kind of my two cents. What do you got?
1: No, I've been I've been extremely impressed, obviously, with this Oregon State team this year um, and the job. And uh, equally, you know, I've been impressed with Washington. But to me, I'm going to take Oregon State here because I think they're the more balanced team, both offensively and defensively. I put the tweet out on Saturday, Oregon State's going to run the ball, and they're going to continue running it, and they're going to run it again, and they're going to keep running it until Washington prove they can stop it. And I'm not sure if they can. And you know, credit to um, Oregon State staff—they got DJ Ugalde, you know, playing good, sound football. Maybe not the five-star level that we all thought he would, but a heck of a lot better than what he's done um, at Clemson. And my—I touched on earlier in the day, or earlier, in the, earlier in the show, my. Concern with Washington is that run defense. They have injuries on their front four. They have injuries in, the, in their secondary. They have injuries in the linebacking core. I just don't know where the stops come from against you know Martinez and and the rest of that rushing attack um, for for Oregon State, uh, Fenwick, you know Rochelle. You know these are guys that they're just gonna you know they they run a great scheme. And, you know, as long as Uyungle doesn't turn over the football, I think they win this game. And I think we have, you know, kind of a chaos situation um, in the Pac-12 where he kind of eats himself alive again. Uh, Another case, Dalton, truthfully, the line's kind of telling you everything you need to know here. You have an undefeated team number five in the country, dogs on the road against a two-loss Oregon State team. What's that tell you? You know, so – Um, Give me Oregon State minus two and a half. I think they win this game. You don't feel comfortable taking the two and a half. Money lines around minus 135 right now. Um, Just take it there. But I think they win this game by a field goal or more.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I I don't think you can go wrong on either side there. Um, And I I don't think I've ever seen Oregon. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating to a degree to be sure. But I, I, I don't think I can ever remember seeing Oregon State lose at home in read stadium in a spot like this. It just doesn't happen. Even back when USC had those dominant teams back in the day, I'll never forget that Jaquiz Rogers team at at Oregon Mm -hmm. state upsetting them. Uh, It's just kind of what they do there. So.
1: Yeah, no, then their defense comes to play there. You know, we saw it earlier this year when Utah went there, Um, you know, even USC who was better last year offensively really, really struggled there. They ended up winning the game, but like, shouldn't have been a – Oregon State should have won the game. And I think they're going to cause problems. They're going to get after uh, Pennix, and they're going to cause some issues on Saturday for Saturday night for this Washington offense, especially. You know, that place is going to be rocking. Uh, it's, the buzz is going to be in the air with their, you know, chainsaws. And- yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. All right. Final game that we're going to touch on. This is Clee's second best bet of the night. The Texas Longhorns, number seven team in the land, uh, who Klee has now dropped behind Alabama in his rankings. <clears throat> Longhorns laying seven and a half, just over a touchdown, for, over under 47 and a half on the road in Ames, Iowa, against the Iowa State Cyclones. This game is going to be at 8 p.m. on Fox. Um, without further ado, we'll go ahead and I want to hear that best bet.
1: Yeah, look, i um... I think we get chaos on Saturday, and I think this is another situation where we may get it. Um, I like Iowa State plus a 7.5 um, here. I will sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. The loss of Kenny Brooks is massive for Texas. Again, their best offensive player, 1,400-yard rusher, um, and just balances them out offensively. Ains at night is so difficult to play at. It's kind of like Stillwater in a way. Um, I just, I, I'll take Iowa state plus seven and a half there. Um, I think they, they play well defensively. Look, a couple weeks ago, I was on Iowa state against Kansas. As long as they don't get off to a bad start, they outplayed Kansas for two and a half quarters. Problem was they got off to a bad start there. I don't think that happens here. And I think they win the game possibly as well and cover the seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You look at you look at Texas recently. I mean,
0: even just looking at the last few games for them, right? Three point win, three point win, blowout BYU. But BYU is a corpse right now. But then you you know they haven't covered this number but once since September. Yep, and they're just they're just not doing it. And, and I don't I don't see why we would all of a, all of a sudden expect that to change in this type of a spot. Um, you know, maybe September Texas the way they looked then. Um, and September Iowa State, you know, when you're still kind of reeling from all the gambling scandal, maybe this game happens then it looks a little different, but uh, it, it's really hard for me to get to seven and a half here. We, we just haven't seen Texas putting it on teams. Um, and like you said, heading to Jack Trice stadium at night in Ames is no, is no fun at all. So um, I could see Texas winning the game, but I think if they do, it's going to be tight. And I think it's worth sprinkling the money line too. totally agree with you. All right. So that's all we got for today. Um, you know, another fun slate this weekend. We are running out of them, sadly, uh, but we will uh, ride it out the rest of the way. A lot of excitement heading into bowl season. College basketball, obviously, starting out too. Um, as a Duke guy, I love that. A lot of fun last night. Um, but you know, head head over to betting predators.com. Uh, you know the content continues to, to pour out there. We've got a ton going on on Discord. Uh, as well a lot of player prop picks best bets uh you know the pod every week with with sleepy J and steve reader chris dell uh dave ester all these guys putting out awesome content at betting predators as well um and don't miss cleat picks he's got a ton of stuff there as well obviously we we do this pod every week it's been a ton of fun i think we've had you know decent amount of success with it as well uh giving out a lot of winners and then uh you know keep on the lookout for his top 25 keep on the lookout for his total and uh yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we will be back next week or what? Uh, yeah, I think we'll be back next week. We'll we'll conference oh, yeah. on that. Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
1: good. All right, have a great night, Klee, Thanks for you always too. for joining. Thank you, and again, thanks to the listeners. Um, before we sign off, a lot of you guys have reached out to me um, and, and say you listen to the show. We appreciate it, Dalton. And I really do. We put a lot of time and effort into this. Dalton comes right off of work and you know, powers everything up and uh, we really appreciate the listeners. You know, we really do. So thanks for always for listening again, two more shows left probably this week and then championship week, and then maybe one during Bull season, but um, it's been a lot of fun with you. Dalton really has this year and uh, you know, let's get through this week and then we get to rivalry week and then championship week. And then, so we'll see what happens after that.
0: Absolutely. No. Yeah. appreciate you being a part of it and, and, and let me be a part of it too. It's been a lot of fun and, yeah, absolutely. Everybody that, that listens, whether you join live or listen to the pod, you know, we, we really appreciate it. That That's why we do it. And, and it's been great to have some positive feedback. So let's, let's keep it going. All right. Have a great night.